0: welcome to women in electronics the only show that empowers develops advocates and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry with your host jackie maddox
1: okay well here we are again today with another episode of Women in Electronics podcast series. Super excited to be here today with Scott Tooney. So glad I said that correctly. Scott, how are you?
0: I'm doing well. (laughs) Thanks, Jackie.
1: (laughs) I had to look down on my paper. I'm like, oh, am I going to say that right? Um, Anyway, really excited to be here with you today. So Scott, with that, what I will do is I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself, your title, and what do you do at Plexus?
0: Sure. So, my name is Scott Tooney. I am the uh, president of the Americas region for Plexus. We have three um, regions that we operate in um, Europe, APAC, and the Americas. So, I have the responsibility for the Americas region.
1: All right. Big responsibility, Scott. So leading up to that, I'm sure, was quite a journey. Um, So why don't we circle back around with that? So I typically like to ask people how they got their start in the industry because I'm finding it's so different, right? Everybody's story is so different how you ended up here. So anyway, up to, so for this position you're in now, pretty big position, how did you get your start? How did you land here?
0: It's a great question, Jackie. Um, So I actually started, I was working in a different company that was, um, going through some downsizing. So actually, surprisingly, I reached out to my financial advisor, you know, looking for companies that were well-positioned for growth over the next five five to 10 years. I wanted to be proactive in my career. Um, you know, as it turned out, the timing was perfect. Uh, the industry um, that we know was really transitioning from contract manufacturing where um, our, our uh, companies were being used really for surge capacity, To one that's now become much higher level partnership, which is now branded EMS or electronic manufacturing services. So there's a a real shift in in how we were valued by by customers. I started out, you know, early in my career, I have an engineering background. We are growing so fast, I actually advanced to be a a general manager of one of our our, uh, larger facilities um, at age 34. And then as Plexus ventured outside the US, um, I got the opportunity to lead manufacturing and technology strategies on a global basis, fair amount of global travel. Uh, from there, I, I ended up moving into supply chain, supply chain and um, it progressed up to be the leader of our supply chain organization, ultimately became part of our executive leadership team. Then about three years ago, I had the opportunity to kind of come full circle back into operations as president of the Americas region. I now have responsibility for five sites in the U.S., two sites in Mexico, um just over a billion dollars in revenue.
1: Wow. That's pretty impressive and it's really interesting timing when you said that you had that experience in supply chain so going into covid and everything that was to come with that what amazing timing that you know mm-hmm. you had that under your belt because those skills and that knowledge probably really came in handy. Um, You also mentioned that global experience. It's really interesting because when we talk to a lot of women in our industry in particular, um, we really uh, have found that a lot of times that global experience helps your career a lot. And and it doesn't seem that as many women have had that experience because of family and all kinds of different issues. But can you talk to that? Because I'm so curious. What is your take on having global experience with career advancement?
0: Great point. It's, uh, you know, I I think it's extremely valuable, especially as you look at change management, you know, how how people adopt, you know, different strategies, you know, in different functions, different throughout the world. You know, organizational structures can be different also and play a different uh, role in how you, you know, create the change. But when I look at, you know, global experience, if you're leading teams, is also different. You need to provide, you know, I think, have the tools to provide the right leaderships and skills and style you know, to retain people in a very competitive market. And what, what I always say is, you know, how do you get discretionary effort from people that you know, don't work in the same building as you? So unless you really understand the different dynamics of different cultures throughout the world and what motivates them, it's very difficult to be keep a leader. Um, with all that experience.
1: Excellent point. Um I like what you said too, about change management. Super critical. It's really interesting looking at leadership moving into the future and how critical that is. Um, We're finding that we need a lot of skills (laughs) in that area is change Mm -hmm. management. So, but okay. So with that, tell us specifically about Plexus and your organization. Tell us about the products. Tell us, tell us about your strengths in the market. I mean, we've all heard Plexus. I was a rep in the industry. I got my first Job in the industry, counting parts (laughs) as a rep, working for a rep, and it was a really great ride. But we always heard of Plexus. You know, Plexus is a big name in the contract manufacturing world. So tell us about Plexus. How did you get that name? What's your strengths, and how do you position yourself in the market?
0: Sure. Uh, So, you know, our our vision, which really hasn't changed, is to help create the products that that build a better world. You know, we want to be the global leader in highly complex products, you know, with demanding regulatory environments. You know, and we've been able to stay, you know, the 40 years that Flex has been in business, uh, we've been able to stay true to that vision um, and make sure we're adding value to our customers over time. You know, I think another thing that makes us a little bit unique is that we provide full value stream services, you know, including engineering, product development, supply chain manufacturing, aftermarket services for about 150 strategic customers within the healthcare, life sciences, industrial, and aerospace and defense industry. So our portfolio is about 40% healthcare, 40% industrial, and 20% uh, aerospace and, and defense. So that's, that's kind of what we, we, we set out to do. And um, what, I, what I enjoy about it is that our mission and vision hasn't really changed in the time that I've been with Plexus.
1: So let me ask you a question. So that's pretty interesting. I didn't know 40% of your business was medical. How did that impact things during COVID? Were you working with many, um, you know, end users that were manufacturing kits or how did that look during COVID?
0: Yeah, it was really interesting dynamics because obviously some of the um products became much more in need in, in the COVID pandemic. And you know, one great example I would give you is that. Um, within the healthcare space, you know, when the pandemic occurred, an OEM came to us um, looking for help on producing COVID testing machines, you know, because their current provider couldn't scale to what was needed and and really ramp effectively. And, you know, within three months, um, Plexus was able to ramp to over 2,000 units a week testing machines uh, for COVID that really made possible millions of individual COVID tests you know, I personally, um, you know, was involved in the journey. I came in on weekends to help set up the line, make sure the stations that we were building at were safe from spreading COVID, as our you know we had to protect our employees, which was was mission critical. But you know, we had to protect our employees to make sure we could build products that could provide the testing for the industry. So it's really a great team effort. You know, really confirmed the culture. You know, and reason I love being part of the Plexus team.
1: Well, that's really interesting. It's good to know that there was companies like you that were working really hard behind the scenes. So, and we do have other contract manufacturers, right, in our globe. Yeah. So, what would you say is your specific strength over your competition? You know, how is it that you've been able to be a leading contract manufacturer all these years? What What is that?
0: Sure, you know, it, it's a few things. That, you know, I would start out with just saying that we, you know, one of the pillars of our strategy, or a few of them, is really. Focus and discipline. You know, we're intentional on the customers that we select, where we know we can add value. You know, hit on staying true to our mission vision. and vision. You know, we're also not afraid to. You know, we want to grow, but we're not afraid to say no if the opportunity really doesn't uh, align with bringing products to market that's going to make a better world. So we we don't get in a lot of consumer products. You know, the things that we're going to be in are more regulatory. And the second part of that, it really focuses on the need to have superior execution you know, focus on zero defects, perfect delivery, you know, how we unite our, our values and leadership competencies, you know, through our teammates and to our customers. And ultimately, that's led to a disciplined financial model that's, you know, had industry-leading financial performance, um, as well as um, scores from our customers. We have the highest, um, what we can find is the highest scores as far as net promoters from our, our customer base.
1: Okay, well, that's really good to know, Scott. I'm sure you've been a big part of that, bringing your personal touch to things. Um, So, okay, so moving forward here, Plexus has been pretty successful. You've had your run there, uh, bringing your prior experience and talents to the table. Um, What's moving forward? What is it that you see for Plexus? What are your goals looking forward?
0: Yeah, a couple fronts. You know, first of all, I would I would look uh, financially. We're really excited. You know, as we're delighting our customers, we're we're able to um, guide our first billion dollar quarter of revenue um, coming into our, our end of our fiscal year in fiscal twenty two. You know, our goals are to to reach a uh, five billion dollars in revenue. You know, continue to have a strong operating profit and grow. See, um, as we target going out to F you know, twenty twenty five to be a five billion dollar company. So the track would be to continue to grow. And you know, I didn't mention this earlier, Jackie, but our growth has all been organic. We are we are not somebody that goes out and acquires company to grow. And I think it's a really key point because if you grow organically, it gives you a much better opportunity to, you know, have common systems for our customers, not confuse our employees on what what our, our you know mission and vision are you know, be able to set the culture that we want through through our organization. So we're not fighting different cultures as we grow. We, we've got a very good brand and I think our employees um, really align to the values that we have within our organization.
1: Okay, so let me circle back around on that real quick. So you said organic growth. Just explain what is it that you mean by organic growth? Is that word of mouth, expansion within existing customers? So what is it that you're referring to as organic growth?
0: sure so we, we actually have a term internally that we call an execution dividend so we feel if we can perform for our customers shipping them products on time at a competitive price with zero defects that you know we will grow our business and take take share from our competition open up different markets to them so that's one avenue the other avenue is going wider so if we're just doing manufacturing today with with a with an OEM if they see where we can add more value on the engineering service side, if we can um, do aftermarket services, repair, rework for them, different parts of our, our supply chain um, you know, solutions for them. So when we talk about organic growth is how do we take this core set of customers and go deeper with them rather than trying to have, you know, a hundred more customers to grow. We wanna grow with the customers that we think really align to our mission and vision statement and where we can drive value into the organization.
1: Okay. So that's really great. And and we're going to come up on a part two here, but I want to ask you one more thing before we uh, sign off for part one. Um, So because there are other competitors in the market that I'm sure are friendly competitors in some (laughs) capacities, because everybody does something different and has their own niche. I'm just so curious. Um, when COVID hit and, and, and tragedy kind of strikes or crisis strikes in the industry, is there some collaborative effort? Do people talk behind the scenes and say, hey, we can all help in these ways? Or does everybody just get in their lane and just do what they do best? I'm just so curious about that.
0: You know, We, we probably collaborated more with our customers, Jackie, to be yeah. honest, than our competitors. We wanted to make sure that we were probably first and foremost aligned on employee safety and our customers, so we did a, a lot of um, communication on, you know, plants that were operating if they were maybe operating at different efficiencies or different data on you know, what the, you know, maybe amount of absenteeism was so that we could make commitments that we could hold to. So I think we we shared probably more best practices with our, our customers on, you know, screening, yeah. masking, workstation design. You know all the things that would go into that, family members, uh, leave absences like that. That's probably maybe on the competitive side, we we did some things, but they're probably more on a local level than a competitor level. So the different cities that we would perform and we want to make sure we were being in alignment with what the local companies were doing so that um, we were first and foremost protecting our, the safety of our employees, but then also figuring out how we could best optimize um, the output for our for our customers and we you know we had to make some we did make some decisions you know similar to the example i gave earlier where we might have put resources to a product that we knew was um, helping the pandemic above something else that maybe wasn't as mission critical and still work with that customer to you know that we're meeting their needs but um yeah there was there was a lot of collaboration you know throughout our ehns as well as our, our human resources to make sure Like I said, that we are protecting our employees as well as satisfying our customers during the during the pandemic.
1: Okay, well, that was a great answer. I appreciate that very much. You know, what I want to do is wrap up part one, but I'm not done with you yet, Scott. So I want to talk to you more about your personal why, kind of more the heart behind the leader um, and, and just talk to you a little bit further. So we will catch you at part two. Thank you for joining us today.
0: All right. Thank you, Jackie. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.